0: Yoga in all its forms has been a support for me in my life through all the highs and lows. It's opened my mind and my heart in ways I never knew were possible. It has been a teacher, a taskmaster, and a friend. This podcast is an offering. I wish to share the teachings of yoga with you as a tool to help navigate life. Namaste and welcome. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. So we're going to continue our discussion on Ayurveda. One of the previous episodes was an overview of Ayurveda, which is known as the sister science of yoga. Ayurveda is translated to mean the wisdom of life or the science of life. What it allows us is it allows us an understanding of our blueprint at birth, our genetic composition, if you will, our constitution. And why that's important is because as we grow and evolve and age and have different life experiences and take on different habits, live in different environments, have different cultural exposures, we can tend to get drawn away from that original blueprint. And this can lead us to feeling out of sorts, out of balance. It can also lead to some health issues, feeling some spiritual emptiness, kind of a, um, well, just really feeling like something is off. And very often it takes a bit of awareness and a minimal shift to bring the system back into balance. So if you recall, Ayurveda is a 5,000 year old medicine, preventative and healing from India. And it is the first recorded medicine, along with surgeries and herbal healings and things of that nature. The doshas being your blueprint at birth it's very important to acknowledge that there are three, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha, and that we are, as well as nature, all comprised of all three. But what you'll find is that you will probably have two dominant doshas and one that's dominant out of that. So for instance, I am Pitta, Kapha, and my Pitta is my dominant dosha. So if we were to go back to my blueprint at birth, if we were to go back to ways in which I presented as I was growing up, whether it be nutritionally, whether it be in personality, um, even some health issues or not, the way my body is built, the way my hair is, the eyes, my tendencies, then we would see that there was a pitta dominance but that doesn't mean that there aren't times in my life when Kapha is in excess and Pitta will kind of take a back seat. I have to acknowledge this because any imbalances can lead to, well, not just health issues on the physical level, but also emotional imbalances. I can find, um, occurrences in relationships, dissatisfactions in different areas of my life. And I can draw a line back to the excessive or out of balance dosha. So as a reminder, these are overviews. I'm gonna give an overview of each dosha I'm calling these episodes. It's not me, it's my dosha. And, and I also gave that overview of Ayurveda in the beginning of an earlier episode. And the point of that is you can dig deeper on your own. There's plenty of great books out there. There are wonderful teachers, Dr. Vasant Lad, Maya Tiwari, David Frawley. There are some really amazing Ayurveda teachers out there and plenty of really interesting books. But I want you to just get an idea if you have no knowledge of this, or a reminder if it's been a while since you've, entertained the teachings of ayurveda so vata that's what we're talking about today vata is represented by air ether wind vata is movement vata is change people with vata dominant dosha are going to present as light of body thin small bone structure very small frail bone structure dry skin, frizzy hair. So hair that tends to have more dead ends and dry. Now, it could be curly, but it will definitely be thin and frizzy. Um, Again, the dry skin. Vata characteristic is that you're always cold because again, it's represented by air. It's represented by wind. Cold hands and feet. Um, They're the coldest ones in the room. You know, it's chilly. They always need a sweater and that is going to be a Vata dominance. So just a reminder, as I go through the different characteristics and personalities and traits of each dosha, I might skew a little towards the excessive because I think that's a really good way for you to have some bells ring. If I just kind of flatline this or or made it just like um, real simplistic, then I don't feel that anything will ring true. I am not able to diagnose your dosha through this microphone, but if I share some of the dominant characteristics, you might recognize yourself in there, but there are plenty of dosha quizzes that you can take online. I believe if you look up Dr. Vasant Lad, if you look up, banyan botanicals and also i believe deepak chopra's website still has a dosha quiz online uh, that you can take and that will ask you they will ask you questions that will then give you your constitution um but back to vata movement, change, wind. They tend to be artistic, creative. They've always got lots of ideas, but they have trouble with follow-through. They'll have a lot of things going at once, a bunch of different projects. or They'll be working on different things, but they don't often complete projects. Now, that being said, if Avata has a career or a job, they will complete the projects for someone else so they will get it done either for their kids or their boss or their company but not so much their own personal things Um, vata likes to travel again they like anything that has to do with movement they're prone to insomnia anxiety anxiety disorders autoimmune diseases uh, constipation is a big one because they're very dry And uh, they, they are represented by movement, but they're not too big on the bowel movement, if you will. We'll talk about the other two doshas and you'll see how the differences will change in that regard. Vatas are not gonna sit down to a feast and they're definitely not gonna prepare a feast unless it's for like a special occasion once or twice a year they don't have time for eating which can be one of the reasons why they'll have a thinner build because they're always moving they're always burning um they tend to burn out also they will they're the snackers they're gonna always have an apple in their purse or they got some snacks and Ziploc bags in their car. I, I feel like their why thermoses and and to go cups and little Ziploc snack bags were created because the Vata will always be able to pull some crackers or some trail mix or maybe a package of M&Ms or a piece of chocolate out of their purse. But they're not going to really sit and make a, a big warm feast or Cook a stew for the family just on a Tuesday. Like they don't have the time for that. But Vata will be in the kitchen quickly chopping up vegetables while you're on speakerphone. Their laptop is open because they're going to be Googling recipes that can be done in under 30 minutes and they're filling the dog's water bowl. They're constantly multitasking, but to no one's benefit. And They will tell you, oh, I have to have carrot sticks in my purse, or I always have to have a snack with me as if they have low blood sugar. But the truth of the matter is, and I'm not saying they don't, if they've been diagnosed with low blood sugar, that's another story. But more to the point is they snack on the go because they're never going to sit still long enough to have a proper meal. Even if you go out to a restaurant with a vata, right? They've made the reservation. They know exactly what time everything's going to start. They don't even really bother too much with the appetizers and desserts. That's like for other people. They're just going to zone in on their entree. And they're going to want to be out of that restaurant in under 90 minutes. They'll have a wonderful time. They'll be fully present with you. But that even being said, they're very they're highly perceptive, sensitive beings. So they are taking in their surroundings. They're aware of everything that's going on, but understand that Avata is aware of everything going on from a perspective of fear. They're fearful. They probably have a lot of stories in their life or even a few that would support why they would be fearful. Well, this traumatic event happened or this thing happened when I was young, but they are unable to ground without real guidance and discipline they're not grounded their wind their movement their change so if a vata person and i think i spoke of this in, in in the earlier ayurvedic episode if a vata person comes to me and says i really need to slow down i really need to meditate there's no way i'm gonna say to them i need you to sit for 20 to 30 minutes in cross-legged position on a cushion and stare at a candle flame it's not going to work. Their skin is going to crawl. They're going to bounce off the walls. I need to say to them, okay, you need to unplug. So you need to put your phone on, do not disturb and alone go for a walk in the, in the forest, in nature, in, you know, botanical gardens, Uh, go for a walk and don't talk to anybody. Just take in everything through your senses, much like Japanese forest bathing, where you take in the sounds, the sensation of the breeze on your skin, the smell of the gardens, the sounds of the birds, your feet, your shoes, you know, touching mother earth. All of this is very grounding. I would also suggest to a person who has a Vata imbalance to lie flat on the floor, lie flat on the floor for five minutes, 10 minutes, if you can do it, but to start off in small increments, because when you lie flat on the floor and notice, I'm not saying lie on your couch or lie in bed. It's not the same. If you have a yoga mat, lay out a yoga mat. If you have a room with a rug or carpeting, lie on your back, palms facing the ceiling, legs relaxed, eyes closed, connect with the backside of the body to the floor. This is very immediate grounding. That's all Avata needs to do. That and walking meditation, walking, I don't know, it's like walking stillness if you will but when they come to a meditation group and i've had many that i've held in the studio when it was in physical form they'll come to the meditation group usually dragged by a pitta or a kapha a friend or a family member that really thinks their vata friend is going to benefit from seated meditation because unless you're also a vata you Arapitta, kapha, you cannot manage the vata energy. It's too much. It's crazy making. So they bring their vata friend to seated meditation. And I can size up that the dosha is vata because I can tell the characteristics from my study. And I know that this person is never going to want to sit and meditate. I mean, maybe someday, but it was not their idea to be there that night. And they are the ones that light up in the room when I talk about walking meditation. Wait a minute. You mean meditation isn't just about sitting and sitting still? No, siri. There are many, many ways to meditate. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about Ayurveda. You think you know, right? But you don't know. We don't want to follow the ass of the horse in front of us. We want to recognize that we are as unique as snowflakes. And what works for you may not work for me. I have to study me. I have to know me. And so you can be, let's say, a vata dosha, and you think that you need to do lots of very fast-moving yoga. Let's say like all sun salutations. You're going to go to a class that's all sun salutations and you are going to be exaggerating your dosha your vata is now going to be what they call deranged because you took the constitution of yourself which is movement and wind and you put it in a movement clash you know vatas love to run marathons vatas love to ride bikes they want to be on long bike rides There's nothing wrong with that if you're a vata, but you need to offset the wind energy by grounding. So I would say to a vata, you know what? Maybe skip the sun salutation uh, vinyasa classes and go for your run or go for your bike ride. Feel the wind. But then I'm gonna need you to take a restorative yoga class where all the classes are gonna be on the ground all the poses rather are going to be on the ground or maybe a yin yoga class also predominantly all on the floor. I'm not going to tell them to take a vinyasa class. I'm also not going to stop them from bike riding. We're going to balance. It's about bringing everything into balance. So when we do look at foods with vatas, it's best if they avoid icy cold drinks, raw veggies, and cook their food. They need to cook their food. They need to be the ones that actually are not vegetarians as a rule. They need to have the stability and the grounding of some animal products. I'm not gonna get into the whole ethics and morality of eating animal products. Those of you that know me know I've been a vegetarian for over 30 years and I have my own belief system and you need to have yours so that's why we always experiment but vatas are going to rather eat on the run have lots of crackers and snacks they'd rather have a smoothie than a meal i'm not saying always i'm saying if they could live in a world where they only had to have smoothies and they could just keep going 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 they don't have the time to chew right and i'm not again these are generalizations so if you hear me say that and you say i hate smoothies and i don't like cold drinks so i mustn't be avata don't be so quick to do that look at all the other characteristics as well um and recognize that again the migraines constipation insomnia worrying thoughts Again, the certain autoimmune diseases, disordered eating. You know, vatas have a tendency to be more prone to eating disorders simply because they don't stop to eat a meal. And that's another thing, right? So a vata dosha will argue with me and say, Well, that's not true. I love my lunch. I make a lovely lunch for myself and I sit every day and it is my favorite time of day. And I will say to them, What else are you doing? And what is on the plate? <clears throat> so in other words, the plate will probably have some sliced apple and some pieces of cheese. And I don't, you know, it'll be almost like you've set up a little a little snack tray for, for a child or a little hors d'oeuvre platter for a cocktail party. And they're either watching something on TV or their laptop, or they're reading something, or they're working on a project. They're not just eating and being with the food. They don't have the patients, because to really be with food means you've got to sit and be still, and they wanna be moving. So you want to recognize also that the doshas do not just present in us as human beings, right? Because remember, we are the microchasm of the macrochasm of the universe. And in this 5,000-year-old tradition, it's important to remember that we're a collection of energies as is the whole universe. And the point is that we wanna balance the energies and learn how to maintain balance as well as notice when we're out of balance. So the seasons are also represented with the doshas. The times of day are represented with the doshas as is our age. So for the vata dosha, it's actually 50 years old to beyond. So if you're over 50 and you're dominant vata dosha, or if, Vata is one of your two dominants, but it's showing out of balance traits. And it's a transitional season, uh, winter into spring or summer into fall. Those are Vata seasons. So Vata shows up when there's change, when there's transition. So when the seasons are transitioning, we're in Vata. And when we go into fall, and the leaves start drying up and falling from the trees, and the air gets drier. We're in vata. So, you're over 50, perhaps. You're vata dominant. It's fall. You've got a lot of vata energy happening. You need to find tools to balance this. A vata would be benefited by doing what's called abhyanga. Abhyanga is a self massage, just what it sounds like. You take some warm oil. Preferably for Vata, you would use a sesame oil because that is more warming. Coconut oils are more cooling. We'll talk about those with the Pitta Dosha. And you would do a self-massage, massaging the body from the feet up all the way on both sides, massaging the arms, massaging the backside, massaging the chest and belly. And you would get this warm sesame oil into the system. It's one of the ways to help lubricate the joints. It's one of the ways to help lubricate dry skin. And it is, again, a warming, um, it feels like a warm embrace, really. And Vata would want to do grounding exercises. They would want to, again, get into your restorative poses or just lie flat on your back in Shavasana. And vatas want to feel barefoot on the earth. So you go outside in bare feet and really connect with the earth under you, the front lawn, whatever you can. You can also, if I'm in my apartment in Brooklyn, which is on the fourth floor of a four floor building, I'm not gonna walk outside barefoot on the streets of Brooklyn. That would be silly but I will stand on the wooden floor, barefoot, close my eyes and draw my energy down into the soles of my feet and then visualize that energy connecting through the building to mother earth. It's a visualization that you do to ground. Another good way to ground is to stamp your feet. You can stamp your feet on the floor, And nobody even has to notice if you're standing in line somewhere, or if you're just feeling a little anxiety come up, you stamp your feet, you get your energy down into your feet, into your body. These are great things for all the doshas, for all peoples, but it's really great for Vata to begin to bring in grounding practices. Uh, Again, to remind ourselves that um, the change of seasons, which we're in right now, your age, which is if you're over 50. And we're going to talk a little bit more about those things and about the times of day that the doshas show up in in its own episode. So, quick overview Vata is wind, space, movement, air. Um, vatas are always leaving a little bit of chaos and drama behind them, but they don't realize it because they just keep moving forward. Very highly creative, very perceptive. Um, they need to ground, they need to warm themselves, they need to be easy on themselves, which we'll see with all three doshas. It's not about perfection, it's about practice, it's about using your life and your body as your research lab. You know, it's about being curious and knowing that there are all of these ancient tools and practices that we can bring into our lives to help us have more more balance more stability um so in the next episode i'm going to talk about the pitta dosha it's not me it's my dosha and that dosha is represented by fire Um, so that'll be fun and Basically, if you have any questions, you know where to email me. You can find that on the It's All Yoga podcast information section. And I am always open to discussion or questions and ideas for future episodes. I hope you enjoyed this. Again, continue your studies. I'm just trying to pique your interest and give you an overview. Thank you for listening. Hands together at the Heart Center. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be healthy and strong. May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings live with ease. Namaste.